All right. Back live! Live on the air. Back in the lounge. Back live. David at a slightly tilted angle. See a ceiling fan? Are you standing up? Sit down. Relax. Take your jacket off. Well, we can't hear it, David. David appears to be muted. This is a good start. It's a good start to going back live. That's okay. I have... This is... There we go. Hey, David. You... <laughs> Get in the Not going to work. All right, listen. I have a problem, gentlemen. I have prepared two hours of of content. We only have... <laughs> we only have 30 minutes, but there is so much that I want to talk about. I want to talk about this game tonight against Dallas... This episode is brought to you by Draft, so we have our Draft Challenge. Nick, uh, if you're new to the show, these Draft Challenges that we do, we we put a, we make them interesting amongst the host. We, we put something down on these games other than money. And uh, we all, all three of us have lost over the past couple of weeks, and we all owe something to the show, to the nest, to the people that are watching this show live. I owe a sunglasses bet, so I have to wear sunglasses for an entire show and then do the 90210 Luke Perry drop the sunglasses whenever anyone requests that. So I'm waiting to do that. Nick, you owe us a Boston accent for one segment. Do you want to go ahead and clear that debt today? <laughs> oh, let's save it for fun Friday. Well, listen, we they, they play somebody... Uh, the Hornets play the, the Mavericks, and, and they have someone on their roster named Maxi Kleber. Kleber? Kleber. You could do Kleber. I mean, that would go great with the Boston accent is what I'm saying. I, I haven't. Uh, what, do you need rehearsal time? What is this? It's a Boston accent. It's it's a bad one. That's the whole point. If it's bad, it's good. Not everyone has one in their back pocket, though, Doug. Yeah. Well, all right. I expect it at, at Friday at the earliest, and the, or at the latest. And then, uh, David, you owe us a Mountie costume, but I, I've decided to be merciful, and I'm just going to buy this hat. I'm showing it on the screen Ooh. now. So if you're, if you're listening that. on the podcast, uh, check us out, youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets. But this is a tall Mountie hat. From sale. I'm sparing you, but I'm really sparing the show because that's only $13 as opposed to like these costumes that are $60. That hat would have been super hot like like 4 or 5 years ago. Yeah, I know. It's the uh what's the what's Still the is. what's the guy? What's the um Pharrell? Pharrell, yeah. It's the Pharrell hat. All right, let's start the show. You are locked on Hornets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. Coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at Draft.com. It's just like your fantasy leagues, but better. It's daily fantasy, but you get to draft and keep your players. We're going to tell you much more about it a little later in the show. Give you a promo. I'll give you the promo code right now. Go sign up at Draft.com with the promo code L-O-Hornets, 
and you're going to get a free game with your first deposit, you have to try this out. We've had a lot of fun with it on the show, and we're going to do a live draft a little later in the show. And uh, I, I, I already know what we're going to bet. Are you guys ready to agree to this? Because you guys seem to say we that when I put these it. down, you don't agree to them. So I'm going to give you a chance to hit accept. You can't hit decline, but I will give you a chance to hit well, accept not- on, on this agreement. That's not actually a choice then, is it, Nick? Yeah, no, it doesn't sound like it. All right, so in honor of the Hornets playing Dallas tonight, Dallas was a popular uh, daytime, or actually, no, it was a primetime soap opera television show, and one of the seminal moments from that show, Dallas, was uh, a a dream sequence, or Patrick Duffy's character uh, basically dreaming an entire season of of television, right? We all remember that. Oh my god! Okay, no one listening. Where is this? That. Where is this going? You're asking. Well, Unless the my mom's listening. The loser of this uh, draft.com challenge today has to keep a a dream journal for the week and then read it on next week's show. <laughs> Perfect. I never have dreams. You're right. No, you have to. You my have to take this have, seriously. My dreams have all been crushed. Crushed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're coming to you live on YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Also on Twitter, Twitter.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. Make sure to follow us there. Subscribe to us on YouTube and uh, join us on the Nest. And you can chat with us live. We've got Stephen in the Nest right now saying, "What up, Nest?" We've got Hunter in here already asking questions. Who should Charlotte Hornets pick in the NBA draft in 2018? Oh, my gosh. Hunter. Hunter. Getting way ahead. Talking about 2018. Talking about the draft. All when hope springs eternal for these Charlotte Hornets. They're 3-1 and one on this uh, last road trip. They're back home for eight of their next nine. The schedule is weakening. There's hope in Charlotte. David, that's that's to me that's like the buzzword around the Charlotte Hornets right now is hope. Oh, it's new year, new hope, new Star Wars, new Hornets. Yeah, man. Uh, you know why not? Let's look at twenty twenty. Let's look at twenty twenty one. What kind of eighth graders do we have coming up? No, I'm just kidding, Hunter. Of course, uh, it's always fun to look at the draft picks, but not for me. So let's don't do that yet, Doug. Rick Bennell got with uh, Elias Stats and found dozens. Rick Bennell, of course, the the beat writer for the Charlotte Observer, in his latest column, he got together with Elias Stats and found. Dozens of examples of teams that have 15 wins like the Hornets do right now at this point in the season that have rallied to get into the playoffs. And David, you mentioned one, the Miami Heat uh, did that, what, last, uh, well, they almost did it last season. They they almost rallied. And uh, the Hornets actually, well, they were then the Bobcats. But this franchise did that in 2013-14, actually had an identical record at this point in the season and rallied, won eight of their last nine games and made the playoffs. So this is not out of the realm of possibility, Nick. Hope is the buzzword right now around the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, and a lot of that has to do with just how they did on this road trip and then with the like seven, seven of eight or six of seven, you know, their next games at home. Um, eight of nine. Eight of nine. Nick is, listen, Nick is listening to the show. That's confirmed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, well, I, I, Rick said something else in an article, so that threw me off. Um, but, um, yeah, so, like, there's – I think everyone notices a, just an opportunity here to 
you know, climb back up the, the standings. I, I, I actually had forgotten that that Bobcats team started Me as too. badly as they did. Um, but you, then you remember, that. like, yeah, like that March that um, Al Jefferson had. I think he was named Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Um, they just were rallying off wins over and over. I remember the I remember the game where they just basically ended Indiana's season because they were they were um, competing against the Pacers. We may have something like that again, kind of given the given the standings. So. That's a great point. You had Al Jefferson with that uh, Eastern Conference Player of the Month uh, accolade to help uh, boost the Hornets. Uh, who do you guys think would be the leading candidate candidate to have that kind of breakout performance? in one of these next couple of months to help the Hornets get back into playoff contention? Julian Stone. No, All right. Um, like an like a Eastern Conference player of the month type yes. effort? I, yes. mean, Kemba's, like I think I think Kemba's got to be the obvious choice for me. Um, uh, you know, Dwight has played well, but for me it's Kemba. I mean, he, he's the star. He's got to be the guy, I would think. If it's anyone else, that'd be a nice surprise, but we know what you have to have from Kemba night in and night out, so that's kind of be – that's got to be a given almost on this on this run, I think. I mean, if you're not going Eastern Conference type season, then you have to say at least getting like a more, I don't want to say normal, but just what's expected of Nick Batum. Like getting kind of that, getting yeah. an expected production from Nick Batum the rest of the way or, you know, for a long, for a month. Um, that would be, um, that would help a lot. So there's 44 games left. 28 of those games are played against teams that are fought, that are sitting at 500 or less. They only have six games versus the top four teams in either conference, and I believe two of those are against Miami. They're really done playing good Western Conference teams. They just have a few more games against good Eastern Conference teams, including a game against Cleveland uh, later on in the year when it might not matter as much to the Cavaliers uh, that they win that basketball game. I think the pivotal games for me, two teams, four games versus Philadelphia. They haven't played Philadelphia yet, and that's going to be a team that's, I mean, they're young, they're scrappy, they're going to want, they're wanting to make the playoffs. So I think those games will be very competitive and a signal as to, to uh, uh, where this Hornets season is heading. Also, they have two remaining games against Chicago. I mean, this Hornets team has to prove that it can be, beat Chicago. That, that's two oh of their God. worst losses of the season. I think those two games, again, will will signal uh, where this is going. But also, you have this factor. It, it appears that Eastern Conference teams are trying to kill each other. Literally. Last night, I don't know if you saw this Miami-Toronto game, but I loved, I've talked about Toronto now two shows in a row. But you had James Johnson and uh, who was he going at it with? Serge Ibaka? And, yep. and then you had Goran Dragic and DeMar DeRozan throwing hands. These teams are literally trying to kill. Why, how are these two teams getting so competitive right now at this point in the season? This looked like a, a 1990s Eastern Conference battle between the Toronto <laughs> Raptors and the Miami Heat. What's going on here? Yeah, exactly. You do not want to mess with James Johnson. I think that man's a black belt. Um, he looks like someone that you would want on your side. You do not want to fight him. So don't do that. Don't do that, Serge, or whomever went after Well, here that. it was. Yeah, That's I'm showing it on the move. screen now. James Johnson oh! throwing the first punch. And then I love I love that Serge throws one back and then puts up his hands like I didn't do anything, like I'm done, like the cameras didn't see him doing all of that. <laughs> how many games How many games for that? Five? Oh, gosh. I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be multiple, definitely. 
three or five. I'd say three, yeah, between three and five for sure. Because both both That's punches landed, swings. and then and then yeah. you don't see it in that video. But Spolster tried to get involved, and he almost caught a he almost caught a well, right hook. You see him kind of at the end of the video, walking very confidently up to the up to like the the two of them. He's got his arms on his side. He's almost like the kind of you know the dad who's like, "Come on, guys, come on, let's 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 not do this." And then almost like you said, almost catches one. <laughs> Rascals. All right, fantasy basketball fans, listen up. If you love fantasy basketball, then you need to try our new favorite app, Draft. It's daily fantasy basketball, but it's not like the other guys. Uh, we're going to show you how it works momentarily. I'm going to get this uh, draft sent to you guys so we can start this thing. So the way this is going to work for us is we're going to draft. We, we set special rules here because uh, we're special. But uh, we're going to do a Hornets player and a Mavericks player. So you have to take one Hornets player and one Mavericks player with your first two picks. Um, so, And then it's open season. And then it's open that season. So that's how our draft is going to work. But when you get on draft.com, uh, you can draft anybody. Uh, and that's that's the cool thing about this. And the, the best part is you get to keep that player. It's a draft that lasts for just one night, and there's no management. You just set it and forget it. And once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wires. Draft even takes care of last-minute injuries for you. You can swap players out if they're declared injured. Really cool stuff. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. Drafts start from just $1.00. So there's a draft for everyone, including our listeners. We do a listener draft every Wednesday at 4 o'clock p.m. So you can uh, all the hosts get involved so you can come take our money. So uh, sign up, draft.com. There's no salary caps. You play in a real live snake draft just like you play with your friends in a season-long league. It just lasts one night. Come and join us on draft.com today. Download the app anytime. Just search draft in your app store. And I'm going to pause from this read because my pick is up. All right, so I have to pick a Hornet or a – so I'm going to take Kimba Walker because, uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see who Dallas matches up uh, if they put Dennis Smith Jr. on Kimba Walker or if they do what some teams have tried to do and get some size on Kimba Walker. But I think either way, he's going to have an easy time penetrating against this uh, Dallas defense. So I like Kimba Walker there. You go with Barnes, Barnes and Batum for David, and then Nick picks up Smith Jr. No, 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 no. no, no. That was David. That was okay. David. Snake draft. Yeah, that's right. This is a good point. <laughs> this is a snake draft. So Nick got Harrison Barnes. David picked third. He goes Nick Batum and Dennis Smith Jr. And I've got to find me a Dallas player. Oh, screw it. <laughs> that's what I was saying. All right, you go, yeah. Jeremy. You go, Jeremy Lamb. Big night, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm de- I'm desperately scrolling no. through here. All I right, you know what? Twelve, too. twelve assists last night uh, for for this guy right here. How about JJ Barea? That's I a, thought the first. Two, oh, you guys are getting your second go round. I got you. Correct. Yeah. All right, now I can pick anyone I want. Now I should have gone. Well, so I had to pick a Dallas player. That's why. All right, I'm gonna go. My rule and draft always. My number one rule is always take Giannis first. So I'm taking Giannis Antetokounmpo. Maybe should have gone. I maybe should have gone to Marcus Cousins there. That may that may come Damn to me at the end. <laughs> but Nick swipes to Marcus Cousins. 
David goes town, so you guys took care of your center position already. So that's another thing about draft. It's two guards, two forwards, and a center. So the center position oh, matters, unlike the All-Star game. The board. And unlike most of the NBA, the center position matters in draft. But now, because you guys have already drafted your center, I can strategize here a little bit. I don't have to pick a center. I can go down here and, and maybe grab a forward. So I'm going to go Kristaps. He's sitting there, projected 42.5 points tonight against Chicago. Yeah, there's not really anyone in their, in their interior that's going to want to step up and try to guard Kristaps from outside. All right, I've got another pick. I've taken care of my forward position, so now I can go with my center. You know, Andre Drummond burnt me in our last – he lost me the draft challenge by not playing in the game, and I forgot to so – I forgot to sub him out, so I'm going to go with Jokic, Jokic here. So my right. team is complete. David and Nick are finishing up their draft. What was your what was your strategies here going into this draft, trying to avoid doing a dream journal for next week? Um, try to get the best center because I feel like that's always key, especially when there aren't many good centers playing at least yeah. point point wise. So I've seen it I both figured. ways. I've seen t- I've seen players that have won these leagues get centers early and I've seen them them wait and wait until everyone's already made a run on centers and then gotten the the player that was left essentially. All right, so my team is Kimba Walker, JJ Barea, and again, that may seem ridiculous to take Barea, but he did have 12 assists last night against against the Orlando Magic. So he could rack up some of those alternate stats. It's not just about points on these drafts. And then Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kristaps Porzingis, Jokic, and Nick, you went with Lamb, Westbrook, Harrison Barnes, Paul George, Demarcus Cousins. Man, I really like your team, Nick. You're you're leading in the projections. And then David, way behind in the projections, 183 right now. He goes with Nick Batum, Dennis Smith Jr., who's only getting 26.3 in this one. Why did you believe in Dennis Smith Jr. despite that projection? Because he's the only other good player on Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not complicated. All right, well, this, this is going to lead us right into our preview. But first, I want to say this: uh, join us on Draft uh, com today. Just search your draft, search your uh, app store for Draft, and uh, join a game in minutes. Play right from your computer on Draft.com or on your phone, whatever you want. For a limited time only, all new players get a free entry into a draft when you make your first deposit. But you have to use our promo code L O Hornets. That's right; you can play a real money game for free just for using our promo code LOHORNETS on your first deposit on draft. We're going to do a listener draft at 4 o'clock p.m. So when you sign up at draft.com, follow me at LOHDOG. And if you enter our draft today at 4 o'clock p.m., and if we get multiple, if we get more entries, then, then in that first draft we'll open up another draft. If you enter today, you will have a chance to win tickets to Friday night's game. So if you want there free tickets... Go. To Friday night's game, sign up at draft.com, use our promo code LOHornets, follow me, LOH Doug, and you'll get the notification about today's listener draft at 4 o'clock p.m., and, and you'll be registered uh, to. Oh, you have to tweet us a picture of you. Uh, yeah, tweet us at Locked On Hornets a picture of you signing up for that listener draft uh, so that we know you're there and uh, we can get you those tickets. Okay. Let's talk about this game tonight at Dallas, 7 o'clock p.m. The tip in Spectrum Center. The Hornets are back at home to take on a struggling Dallas Mavericks team. The Hornets are well-rested. They have not played since last Friday night against the Lakers. They got some practice time under their belt as well. Two practices, in fact, that's very rare for uh, any team in the NBA, really. David, 
What's the opportunity for the Hornets tonight? Opportunity is to continue that momentum that they built up on the road. I mean, that's the big thing that Silas was talking about. And that's the big thing. When you talk about hope moving forward, Doug, it's mostly due to this schedule in my eyes. I mean, it goes from the most difficult to the most easy for the rest of the way for the Charlotte Hornets. And it starts here at home against the Dallas Mavericks. You guys mentioned the next eight of nine at home. That's a big opportunity. And this is a Dallas team that played last night. I believe they did beat Orlando. So they're coming in on a back-to-back. Um, and, you know, look, we've talked about the um, the talent or the lineups on this team. Smith Jr. and Harrison Barnes are their main guys. Of course, they still have dirt. But they've got to push this team as they have done against the Kings, against the Lakers, teams of that ilk, you know, in recent in, – in the past week they've played well against. So they have to do that again at home when they honestly should. And that's been some of the, some of the issue with this team. Sometimes they haven't done things they should, which is a sign of a good team doing those things, so we'll see if they can carry that through this game. All right, meanwhile, the Mavericks are on the second night of a back-to-back. This will be the first of two meetings with Dallas. They play again on March 24th. The Mavericks were on a three-game losing streak before playing Orlando last night and putting up 114 points. This this seems like a thing to me, that teams are getting to play Orlando before they play Charlotte. And the schedule makers will often sort of group teams together. So you're, you know, you're going to play a set of, you know, if you're a Western Commerce team, somebody sometimes you get to play a set of uh, you know, South teams. So it feels like to me that teams are getting basically uh, a, a launching pad when they play Orlando, because everything is a mess in Orlando right now. But uh, the schedule makers really giving teams an opportunity to tune up. For the Charlotte Hornets, giving teams that are on losing streaks confidence by playing this Orlando Magic team that, I mean, Aaron Gordon, their shining star, their bright light, uh, gets benched because he violated team rules, whatever that means. Like, they, the Orlando is just off. They're, to me, Orlando is the, is the one example I always point to when people talk about tanking and getting draft picks and drafting young talent you know, those top five picks. Yeah. Like Orlando's had a ton of those, and they can't put together an organization. Love you. Bye. Oh, I love you too. Oh. Um, I totally agree, Doug. Because it, it, they, they get a bunch of pieces that look really fun. Like if you were doing a draft, you know, if you were doing a draft day challenge, for instance, you might draft some guys from from um, Orlando, but but it's kind of a mess. But you may be onto something there, Doug. I mean, uh, the Mavs, though, right? What are you seeing as the chances for the Hornets to get a win? Well, they got two wins against the Mavericks uh, last season, despite great performances from Harrison Barnes, who averaged 23 points and eight rebounds in the two contests. He's averaging 18.7 points and 6.6 rebounds this season. Definitely, yeah. he's their their biggest offensive threat, and the guy that uh, Steven, one of the guys that Steven Silas pointed to, along with Dirk Nowitzki, that they'll be watching in uh, in their pick and roll attack. And he didn't mention Dennis Smith Jr., who I want to talk about in a second. But let's start with Barnes. Uh, Nick, what do you like about Harrison Barnes and his development uh, that he's had as a, as maybe not a star player necessarily, but a lead player for Dallas uh, since moving to that franchise? Yeah, I mean, he's he's you can expect like what eighteen and six out of him pretty much any on any given night, which mm-hmm. is you know I, probably not quite what they would have hoped, but 
still like anyone that can average those kind of numbers and shoot the ball fairly effectively. His shooting numbers are slightly down, I think, this year, but I think a lot of that has to do with just the sort of team that they have when he's asked to play a big role like that. He's going to shoot a lot, things like that. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, you know, our, our um, Zach Junda for at the high wrote this morning's preview um, that'll be up later today um, kind of pointed out, he said, look, you know, this team is old in, in a lot of ways, but Barnes and Smith Jr. are examples of the future of guys that they can like, they can point to and say, okay, once this old guard is out of, is, is you know, moves on and they really start rebuilding, they have two pieces already that are, um, you know, one is established and one looks like he will develop into a pretty solid player at the very least. So, no, I think, I mean, Barnes is definitely one to watch. They can't keep him, they can't take him lightly. Um, so, you know, no, I, I'm, I'm he's, he's solid. And he can do it from all over, Nick. I mean, he really, he plays the mid-range game well. And when he gets a smaller player, especially down in the post, he can score there too. Um, I mean, he's serviceable from from three as well. So, I mean, like, he's developed into a pretty good score for them from all over the floor. Um, and, and Dennis Smith Jr. on the opposite end is really at the basket or, or taking a three, you know. So, like, if he's not shooting those two areas, you want to try and make him be that mid-range guy. But Barnes can really do it from a lot of different places. Yeah, well, and and the attention that Dennis Smith Jr. attracts with his ability to uh, handle the basketball, dribble drive, and and create chaos with a defense uh, has helped Barnes get some open looks from outside that that he's more apt to knock down. You're right. He's I, I think if he could shoot the basketball better from outside, shooting about 34% right now, like if he were a 37 38% three-point shooter, we could be talking about Harrison Barnes like all-star yeah. lock because he's got every other part of his game is is really ready to go, as as David pointed out. They also like to position Barnes close to the rim, and they have guys like Mejri or Dwight Powell back screen for him. So the Hornets are going to have to watch out for that as well. It's not just their, their high pick-and-roll attack. They like to do a lot of things underneath the basket and get guys moving, flaring out. So uh, the Hornets will have to be uh, on attention on defense, which, which they have been – over these past couple of games, it's been a reason why uh, the Hornets have gotten back on track is because they've not only had the energy on defense, they've had the attentiveness on defense as well. Uh, let's move on to the the other guy that you have to watch on this team, Dennis Smith Jr., NC State Wolfpack standout, now Mavs rookie. Uh, as expected, Smith is making several teams' fan bases second-guess their team's draft selection, wishing Dennis Smith had gone a few picks higher. He's getting the same kind of opportunity that Donovan Mitchell is getting in Utah, but hasn't had as much attention, I think. What are we missing, David, by not watching Dennis Smith Jr. all the time? I mean, a freakish athlete, right? And I think you want to limit him getting out on the break. Um, when he gets to the basket, uh, he's he's able to get up there and finish because he's he's pretty big guy. I mean, he can take some punishment even for a rookie. Um, but I think the main thing you want to get with him, like I said, is force him into a little bit of that mid-range game try and keep him from getting into the paint. He's so effective when he gets near the basket. But I think uh, you just don't want to let him get out and start getting some high-flying dunks, get things going, and let him get in a groove that way. Because that's where I think he can be, you know, pretty dangerous. He's still a rookie. Do you guys feel that, like, there was so much hype around the draft? And like you said, Doug, it's kind of almost died down, I guess, with some of the play from some other guys. But is that more the other guys, or is that more Smith? I don't know if it's not living up to um, you know his uh, his chances there, but 
just not maybe exploding the way some people thought. Well, I think part of that, and this has been covered by some of the local coverage there, is that uh, it's sort of what Nick started to hint on early in this segment, that the Dallas Mavericks are in a transition period, and they wanted to win last season, and they brought Harrison Barnes in, and Barnes was supposed to be the guy that would get them over the hump. Didn't quite work out like that, but Barnes is still a featured player on this team, and then you draft a guy like Dennis Smith Jr., who has all of that confidence, who wants to come in and be the man, and now all of a sudden, there's going to be, if if Dennis Smith Jr. pops off, which I think he will, uh, he had a great game last night, 20 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, no turnovers. Uh, we've seen his decision-making kind of be on and off. It was on uh, last night against the Orlando Magic. His shot was doing well because teams are trying to keep him away from the basket, and, and so there's going to be nights when he plays well offensively because he's shooting well and nights when he doesn't because teams are, are not allowing him easy points and uh, he's not knocking down a shot. Um, but there's going to be some tension, I think, if Dennis Smith Jr. continues his progression and Harrison Barnes continues to improve as well. Uh, you're going to have two players there vying for sort of lead dog status on that Dallas Mavericks team. Could get very interesting, but uh, that's the future for the Dallas Mavericks. Let's talk about tonight. Nick, what are your keys to the game for the Hornets to get this victory over a, a struggling Dallas Mavericks team? Uh, David hinted at it, but just uh, like, you know, treating this game like they did with Los Angeles, the Lakers specifically, um, and the Kings, really getting out there, being the aggressor trying or leaving little doubt that they are the better team. Um, and that comes with just continuing to move the ball. Well, um, continuing to apply pressure defensively. Um, we've seen a lot of confidence with this team. I spoke about that on Monday. Um, and you know, I, with a couple of days off, they should be well rested. They should be amped up to go. Hopefully they don't come out flat. Um, but no, I think, you know, this is, this is kind of a, you know, we talk about, Orlando was a nice bounce off game for, for the Mavericks last night. I think they need to treat this as a nice, just launching pad for themselves because with all these games at home, it's, they can actually pick up some wins at home, which they've kind of struggled to do at times this year. So I, I, I'd love to see this as a chance for them to gain some confidence at home to start, you know, gathering more momentum, um, pick up win 16. My my key for this yeah. game is is second unit defense. Kemba Walker and Marvin Williams both mentioned the second unit's defense as a as a factor in propelling them over this uh, three and one record over their West Coast road trip at practice yesterday. And uh, the all I looked this up on the lineup stats. The all bench unit has had forty two minutes over the last four games. That's the second most. So the starters and then that all bench unit that they've started to play more, trust more. That unit, guys, has a 90.9 defensive rating and an 11.3 net rating. That's, I mean, 90.9 is an incredibly good defensive rating, and it's allowed them to uh, have a pace of 101.61. So they're taking that good defense and translating it into uh, fast break points. 21 fast break or 21 points off of turnover versus 16.6 uh, for the starters. And uh, 15.4 fast break points versus nine for the starters. So they're using that second unit defense uh, to get some easy offense. And uh, they're not allowing teams to shoot uh, three-pointers as well. The second unit uh, only allowing 23.8% from beyond the arc. And so the question is, who on that second unit is is leading the charge on the defense? Well, it's been uh, Lamb and Graham. Uh, Lamb, 45 
uh, points per game over those four games in the fast break. And then Trevion Graham getting back into transition as well, 2.3 points per game uh, in transition. And it's been uh, uh, Lamb stealing the basketball, but also Michael Carter-Williams uh, stealing the basketball as well. That's allowed that team to get into transition. So, you know, Michael Carter-Williams starting to get a little bit more confidence offensively. I know this is people are like, ah, get him out of here, you know, put him in a closet, tie him up, send him to, you know, send him overseas, send him to Lithuania, play with the balls. But like, no, like he's, he's, he's starting to get a little bit more confidence. And you can see part of the reason they wanted to stick with him is his ability to defend, his ability to uh, uh, get some ball pressure and get some steals and get this second unit that isn't, is going to struggle in the half court, get them in a transition, get them running, and get them scoring points. That's going to be a key to this game against Dallas, I think. Yeah, one other thing I'm looking for, guys, is the pace of play in this one. You know, we talked about that four-game road trip. The Horns were getting up a few more shots per game, a few more possessions for them in that road trip that led to some of those wins. The Dallas Mavericks do not play with the high pace of play. They're only 24th in the league in pace. The Hornets, we haven't talked about this a bunch this year, but ninth in the league. And pace, not something we've seen over the last couple of years from the Hornets, haven't been that high, haven't been playing with that many possessions per game. So I think if they get the chance to get out and run, to Doug's point, the fast break points, getting some of those easy baskets certainly helps. But I would uh, I would put the pedal to the metal when I had the chance if I'm the Hornets in this one. All right, uh, so uh, that tip-off, 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at LockedOnHornets. We will be live tweeting the game, and then, of course, Catch us back here tomorrow for a recap of that game, and uh, you'll find out who won this Draft.com challenge. So you always want to want to check that out, and make sure you uh, hit up our listener draft today at four o'clock on Draft.com. Sign up and use our promo code LO Hornets. Follow me, LOH Doug, and you could uh, win a chance to uh, get some tickets for Friday night's game. And uh, we'll have full details there on Twitter. Uh, and uh, Instagram. So make sure you are following us on all of those channels. Real quick, though, before we go, we're playing the Dallas Mavericks, and they are coached by uh, Rick Carlisle, who has been in the news lately for criticizing ESPN and their coverage, their almost nonstop coverage of LeVar Ball, father of Lonzo Ball. LeVar having some strong comments about Lakers head coach Luke Walton saying, you can see they're not playing for Luke no more. Luke doesn't have control of the team no more. They don't want to play for him. And that uh, really lit a fire under Rick Carlisle, who is a, a leader in, in, that, uh, in the, the head coaches association that they have there in the NBA. And uh, he basically lit ESPN up for basically giving LeVar Ball attention. Uh, I, I'm just interested in your thoughts on, on this controversy. Not, not so much. We all know that LeVar Ball is a loud mouth. We all know that we all knew this was going to happen, right? Like when, when Lonzo ball was drafted by the Lakers, I don't think there was a doubt in, in anybody's mind, except maybe Lakers fans who wanted to believe that it was going to be okay. Everyone else was like, no, Lonzo's LeVar is going to make a big deal about the head coaching, about how much playtime Lonzo is going to get on, 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 and on. But I, I want to get your thoughts on Rick Carlisle basically saying, Hey, ESPN, you're a partner with the NBA act like it. And, and don't cover LeVar Ball, this parent of a player, saying things about our head coach. And Steve Kerr went into this a little further yesterday, I think, saying he had spoken to some of the you know media that covers them, asking them why they continue to give this guy a platform. 
And, you know, they basically say because of ratings and their bosses want him to cover them. So, I mean, that's one angle of it. I think Rick because Carlisle, he's Because he's entertaining? Why, why do you cover this person that people want to watch and, and hear from? I mean that to me. That's that well, you're answering yeah. your own. You're answering your own question. It's yeah, tough. I mean that's that's the thing. I mean, like the the yesterday's game uh, in Lithuania had over a hundred thousand people streaming it online. Right. Like in the in the middle of the day. So whether I, mean, I don't like I don't like the coverage, but I have you have to acknowledge that people are tuning in. People are listening. Um, I don't. I, here's I mean, the thing. I don't like the. I don't. I don't necessarily uh, quote like the coverage either. But what I really don't like is for Rick Carlisle to use his platform to basically tell a media organization what to cover. I don't really like that at all. I think it's ridiculous. The they, coach. Nothing makes a, a a head coach or a basketball player uh, more upset than when a reporter or a member of a media organization tells them how to coach or tells them how to play or they perceive that that is happening. And yet this this opposite thing is happening where you have a, a coach saying, ESPN, I'm going to tell you how to run your organization. I'm going to tell you yeah, how to – Yeah, but he's he's taken up for Walton here, I think, don't you? I mean, this is a fraternity of coaches. He's, he's taken up for a young coach out there who's catching some flack from a parent, which is unheard of. I mean, my question is where. But the problem is, David, this isn't just rhetorical. If this were just rhetorical, that would be one thing. But you have Stan Van Gundy boycotting, doing his like ESPN interview, the pregame interview, and the the halftime, you know, the 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 sideline interview. You have him boycotting ESPN, but not because ESPN. See, this is the thing. If ESPN had said Luke Walton should be fired, that would be one thing. But ESPN is literally just putting a, a microphone in front of someone that says that, and that that catches the ire of a coach enough to say, "Oh, I, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna talk to this this NBA partner anymore." Yeah, and, and you know the other thing to point out is, despite the coverage, there is a lot of coverage of him. But it's you know I think one of the other points made is like, why don't they have these writers on other assignments, things like that? Um, they they do. There's still a lot of good coverage out there. Um, you know, so you can just pass by the article on LeVar Ball or the comments on LeVar Ball and you can find, you know, what you're actually looking for. Um, ESPN's doing that and, and other other outlets are doing it as well. So, you know, it's... Um, and the, the mistake that Rick Carlisle is making is the most common mistake we always see when responding to what LeVar Ball is, which is an, a, an attention magnet and an attention... He trades on attention. Like he needs attention to survive. If we were all to turn our backs on LeVar Ball, he would literally evaporate. He would cease to exist. Uh, he would. He's like he's like the Easter Bunny. He's the Tooth Fairy. Like he just doesn't matter if we don't pay attention or believe in him anymore. And the worst thing you can do is what Rick Carlisle is doing right now, which is which is picking a fight, which is raising his profile. I just I just don't I don't understand it, and I don't agree. With uh, don't, don't you with this. don't you think that Rick Carlo maybe saw, also saw an opportunity to clap back a little bit at the media? I mean, coaches always get criticized by the media, so maybe he's like, "Well, here's my chance to tell you how to do your job," as you said, yeah. Doug. I mean, it's it's a weird situation. Um, you know, the Lakers have not handled this well. I, I don't think. I mean, and they haven't come out and said anything. There's no Magic Johnson. There's no Rob Palenka. You know, they were putting his jersey 
in the rafters uh, after draft day, but they, they haven't come out and said anything. Or have they have they defended Walton or, or gotten ahead of this at all? Well, certainly haven't gotten ahead of it. Um, well, Luke Walton's, Luke Walton's done a good job about joking Walton about has, it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, You're keeping right. keeping it light, and you've had other players coming out to defend uh, Luke Not Walton. Management, though. Yeah, right, management, no management. Management could have could have you know maybe established ground rules at the very beginning. Maybe sat down. Oh, they completely right. lost control of this, and they, and this was right. the but this is the most predictable thing in the world. Like we all again, everyone except for Lakers fans that wanted to believe that it was going to be okay that that Lavar would somehow strike up the same kind of deal that he had with UCLA to to stay out of things to a certain point, but. It's all gone too far, right? I mean, Lavar has already tasted the national stage. Like he's he's just now now, now it's just gone to this point of no return where he's always going to be involved. Unless yeah. unless you know, well, he'll be involved until until um, like you know, Lonzo, Lonzo. There's yeah, Lamelo, Lonzo, Leangelo. Yeah, when Lonzo gets, I think it, you know, you could I could see when Lonzo gets older. You know, because right now he's very young. He, you know, he's 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 been guided by his father his entire life, which and his yeah. his father has done great getting him to this position. But at a certain point, he will probably get to an age where, you know, he says, "Dad, you got to back, you got to back off." You know, if you want me to succeed, if you want me to, if you want people, you know, whatever the situation is, um, he he made he made us say, "Look, you can't you can't be saying these things anymore." And double yeah, double in fifteen calls, on the chat yeah. makes a great point. Lakers are getting more and more pressed because of this too. That's why management management yeah. probably is yeah. relishing this. But I think the calls for Lonzo to step in here are going to be coming sooner rather than later. I mean, that's how this stuff works, right? Like everybody involved starts taking heat, and at some point, it's going to be on Lonzo. Uh, people are going to start calling for him to say, "Hey, you got to tell your dad to be quiet." <laughs> You perfect point, David. To me, that's where that's where this needs to go. It doesn't need to. It's not. It's not. Um. It's not. It's not uh, for ESPN to not cover it. It's for that situation to be handled. It's a. And the thing is, Rick Carlisle makes this assumption that if ESPN did not interview Lavar Ball, that Lavar Ball would somehow not get his message out that Luke Walton, you know, should not be the coach of the LA Lakers. Right. Like if he ESPN did not exist, Lavar Ball would find F- he'd be on FS1 right now. Like, right. Yeah, and I don't say like I don't know how easy that will be. I don't think it'll be easy for Lonzo to do it at all. I mean, as Nick said, he's guided him throughout his entire life and has gotten him up to this point, which is commendable. But that's going to be a tough conversation. But the calls for that, I think, are going to start to come. All right, we got to wrap things up. Uh, good, good conversation, interesting conversation. Let us know what you think on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, where we are covering the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We talk about NBA topics on this show too, so uh, we want to know what you think on these topics. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, whatever you use to get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets and make sure to tell a friend. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow recapping this game against the Dallas Mavericks. Hopefully the Hornets can get a win at home and move this ship in the right direction. I know there are a lot of fans that listen to this show that want that to happen, that believe, that have hope on their mind that the Hornets uh, can do what the Bobcats did in 2013 and 14 and rally uh, for a, a playoff berth. For David and Nick, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm. Sharp. Sure.